This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. Ignition. Major Garrett. Yes, CBS. Yes, hi. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Major Garrett. From the nation's capital. Major Fantastic. It's The Takeout. Major. With CBS News Chief Washington Correspondent. Major, that's nonsense. Major Garrett. And you should know better. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome to the very best part of my broadcast week. I'm Major Garrett. This week we're not going to talk to a lawmaker or some kind of policy expert. We're going to talk to somebody who has a deeply personal and at times very distressing experience with something that's part of our public discourse. It's disinformation. And within disinformation a conspiracy cult called QAnon. The person you're going to meet is Jatarth Jadeja. He's from Australia. He's 33 years old. And for two years, he was deep with inside the conspiracy cult of QAnon. He's out now, and he wants to help others free themselves of all of its paranoia and rage. We began our conversation, as you might expect, at the beginning. So the first question has to be... Um, how did you get there and how did you get so deep? Well, it's a long story, um, but I guess the meat and potatoes of it is that I, um, I visited, the reason I was interested in US you know, politics in the first place was I visited the US on exchange in um, 2011, 2012. I was there for six months in um, Jamaica, Queens, which is ironically, I think where Trump is from as well. Um, mm -hmm. and yeah, I just like, I don't know. I just kind of fell in love with you guys because like, it was just such an, it was such a crazy experience. Like I was, um, I was there during well, it wasn't, and it wasn't all positive. Like I was there during, um, hurricane Sandy in New York. Um, right. I was watching live the Sandy hook massacre on TV, which was ridiculous. Right. Like I'd never seen anything like that before. Um, and I was also there during Obama's re-election when he won against Mitt Romney. And I, I, I've always been interested in politics, mainly because of my love for economics since high school. I just find it a really interesting subject. Um, and it wasn't too hard to go from economics to Australian politics. But Australian politics, by comparison, is really dry. It's really dry. It's just not as interesting. It's, I really just kind of, I just really liked it. Um, so when I went back to Australia, I followed um, Reddit. I, I discovered Reddit as well on that trip, and I just kind of kept up to date. And then, you know, as I was a Bernie supporter, because Bernie was the only one talking about income and wealth inequality at the time. Um, then obviously when he lost, I kind of went into uh, just a, sort of an anti-Hillary situation. Um, I'm much more pro-Hillary these days because I don't think she's a 
blood drinking satanic pedophile um you know but i do not think that she's great <laughs> she's not very warm that, that that that's probably true um but anyway so i um i wasn't a trump supporter when i um when trump won was was alex jones a gateway drug yeah 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 i was just i was just getting there so the reason i found alex jones was because i kind of turned into a trump defender a lot of the time the media would um, you know, they take him literally when he's being figurative, right? Like he'd say the, oh, it's the biggest thing ever. And they'd say, well, actually it's not. And it's like, it's a little, like, it's a little, like, you're not wrong, but you're not completely right. Um, and I just, for the one, pro- the year previously I f- that, um, that I found Q ever since the election in 2016, I looked for alternative media. That's how I found Alex Jones. And Alex does this thing where, He'll say something that's true, but he'll take it and stretch it to its most ridiculous preposition. So, for example, he'll talk about, say, are oh, they making, you know, human-animal hybrids, right? And you'll be like, oh, shut up, Alex. Like, that's not, how can that be true? And then you'll just, like, you know, you just Google it. And there's some, like, MIT literature review about human-animal embryos in university. But then, you know, you look back on it now and you're just like, man... You know, this is what universities do. This is what scientists do. They're always pushing the boundaries. There's no crazy ulterior motive. They're not trying to make some chimeras. Um, But it doesn't occur to you at the time because you're so sure. You're so sure that he's wrong and that he turns out to be right about that one thing that you kind of trust him on everything, right? Right. So so the extrapolation then becomes somewhat plausible. Yeah, exactly. Because you didn't think that the, the first point would be plausible. You didn't, you didn't think that the, the, you know, the basis would be plausible and that turned out to be true. So you're already primed to hear him out because he's already kind of proved you wrong in the first place. So that gateway has been opened. It's funny because the whole alternative conspiracy media really propped up Q when he first came on the scene. They had, they were all talking about it, like American intelligence um, media, like just, just all of them, all the channels. And then, it was so weird because then one by one, they would like maybe a month or two later, they kind of like denounced Q saying he was fake or he was a psyop or something. And then it was so obvious. And they even, some of them even said they were talking to Q, right? And Q comes out and he kind of says, he kind of denounces them all saying, um, you know, no outside comms, which means unless you're getting it straight from the horse's mouth on this particular board on this particular website, you cannot assume it comes from Q. So that kind of blew a hole in a lot of these people's stories. Even Jack Posobiec said he was talking to Q, I think, which is so funny because now he's a supposedly a religious reporter. Um, but Alex denounced Q a long time ago. He denounced him again recently. And I, I just think it's a business thing. Like, <laughs> like they just they're playing to the same market and Q took up all the oxygen within the conspiracy space so I don't think Alex was too happy about that right and at the time you believed Q was real yeah yeah I I think um I don't think I believed it straight away right that came a little bit later um but I was le- as soon as I heard it there was just something so it's just such a good story you know like this insider leaking secret government information on this anonymous on HN of all places. And I've read interviews you've given where you describe this as having an addictive quality. Yeah, it was a drug. Like it was absolutely a drug. Like I feel like on some level, 
most conspiracies, like if you if you believe one conspiracy, you're more inclined to believe another, right? That that's that's fine. But there's when you find out something that you sort of didn't realize was the truth was the exact opposite of the scenario, it kind of like it hits off you know a bit of a dopamine hit in your brain, and you're just like whoa man that's just that's crazy that's crazy so it started for me with stuff like like realistic stuff like um you know the cia is secretly in charge of north korea and they're trying to use it as a nuclear gun to china's head and i was like whoa because like that just sounds like to me something that the cia would do like it seems very it seems plausible at the very least. Um, then there'd be other stuff that'd be like, oh, you know, that Hawaii um, inbound missile warning. That was actually not a warning. That was actually North Korea firing a missile. The cabal was trying to take down Donald Trump's plane, you know. And like, and you're just like, wow, man, I can totally see that. And it just goes, it just spirals out of control from there because like any drug, you need a bigger and bigger hit to get that high which is why you need a bigger, more grandiose, more outlandish conspiracy theory. And it's just different for different people, what particular theory just sort of jives with them. And I was, I was completely addicted all day, every day for months, just looking and searching for that hit. And, and people like me who studiously and uh, repetitively and earnestly provide fact checks are utterly irrelevant in this process. You are so relevant. You are so relevant. You are so re- like, like it's, it's hard to overstate. Like it's hard because it's like, I cannot state the magnitude of the irrelevance that you are. It's just huge. It's just like, oh my God, is it bigger than the observable universe? What's outside? It's just so relevant. I can't comprehend it, <laughs> right? Because the problem is that there are some, some fact checks they're done in bad faith, right? They're overtly political. Not all of them, for sure. Not even most, not even, it's like a tiny, small amount, right? Things are heated, people are human, you know? You make one mistake, right? It's like, imagine if the dictionary had a, the wrong definition for a word. You, you know, I don't look at the dictionary with the same kind of like glossy thing anymore, which is really sad, you know? It's sad because now, now it's like, we just, fine, this fact check may be wrong, but that doesn't mean you can make up your own facts. <laughs> I'm Major Garrett, and you're listening to The Takeout. If you want to learn more about disinformation on my other podcast called The Debrief, we devoted two shows to that topic. Look for it wherever you find your podcasts. This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns, and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture-proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. From CBS News, this is The Takeout with Major Garrett. Welcome back. I'm Major Garrett, continuing our conversation with Jatarth Jadeja, a former member of QAnon, who here will describe how he pulled away, how his world collapsed around him, and then what he did. 
But explain what the breaking point was for you and, and if that was emotionally either devastating or something less than that. It was a long process. This was just the culmination. So this was the last proof at the time when I was really teetering on the edge of getting out of Q. And this was the last proof, the supposed Q proof I had, was that um, essentially someone had asked Q to get Trump to say the phrase, the specific phrase, tip top, tippy top shape as kind of a proof and a shout out to the Q community. Cause the idea is that Trump and Q are in um, connection, uh, communicating. So four months later, Donald Trump in front of the White House in, at an Easter egg hunt, he's talking about the White House and he says, look, we love the old girl. We keep her in tip top shape. We call it tippy top shape. And you know, that I was like, whoa, man, there's, that was a lot of people like, dude, that's what, that's good. What else, what other explanation could there possibly be? I don't know why it took four months, but, you know, who knows, right? We just kind of ignored that part. Well, maybe there was a reason. Who knows? Trust the plan. But then it turns out that Trump has actually said that exact phrase before. He said it several times. He'll say it again because that is just kind of like a catchphrase of his. He just says it from time to time. And the day it was requested was actually the day before the State of the Union. So there was a chance Trump could have said it then. And it wasn't even so much the um, what the content was. It was just that that obvious manipulation, or not so obvious, I guess, the level of manipulation for someone to have, A, picked up on the fact that Trump says this. Like, you have to be observing him very closely to hear him say this. Secondly, found and creatively came up with a way to use that as a pseudo-proof, knowing that people won't really go much deeper than that that they'll just see the, hear the phrase and go and just take it at face value. And like, that just seemed so, it was, first of all, I thought it was genius. I thought it was brilliant. Um, I thought it was very Machiavellian. And that is also this, the moment that my world kind of collapsed in on me. Cause then I was like, I couldn't, I was it, it, like, imagine if you're, imagine where you're sitting right now, right? Imagine if the roof sort of starts to, sag right and then the trees start to pull towards you and then then all of a sudden these clouds are coming and then your world physically starts collapsing in on you right imagine how you would feel and what you would think if you could have time to think in that moment now remove the whole physical aspect nothing happens that's how it felt right it felt like in the space of one second the entire universe sort of collapsed in on me. And it felt like that. And I just, um, I, I was sitting there and I just sort of, I didn't know what to do. I, I, I felt like a, like a, you know, a, just a brain in a jar with no control. Um, I didn't know what to do with my hands. I was just standing there. I didn't know where to look. I didn't know what to think. Um, I, I, it was almost like I it was like rebooting from, from, the, from the ground up. I was also starting to think, okay, what do I do next? And it was, yeah, you're so right. It's like I was rebooting. Um, and I was like, I don't know what, let's start, let's start with the basics, right? I was, I was wrong. Okay, that's the, that's the, I was wrong, right? And I had visited and I'd kept tabs on this, the general anti-Q subreddit, which is still there. It's a great subreddit. It's called cult underscore headquarters with a Q instead of a C. And I was like, okay, so this is this is like the only place I know where like I, I feel like if I was 
right about something and someone else was wrong, I would want to know that I was right. Um, so I figured that these guys, I was wrong. These guys were right. They deserve to know that they were right. And I sort of just went inside. So, and I, and I, I was just going to say, look, you guys were right. I was wrong, you know, in my Reddit post. Right. But then as I was writing it, it just sort of, everything sort of just spilled out. And it was just like, like a stream of consciousness. I started to think about that third person perspective was trying to analyze what my behavior was like and what I was doing and what not in those two years before starting. To, and then the more I was thinking about it, the more I was like, this is, that would, this is disgusting. This is, this is terrible. This is truly, truly like the worst, most like heinous sort of intellectual and emotional crime I think I could have committed. Like, and I, I felt so much self-loathing, so much hatred, just raw hatred and anger. Not at Q, not at like Donald Trump. I don't think you can. I don't know these people. They're just like, concepts and ideas to me, right? But just at myself, just purely at myself. I was like, I was so mad. So as, as the Reddit post sort of like the tone kind of shifts toward in the middle, because I'm just, I'm just, I'm just writing exactly the thoughts as they come into my head. And I, it shifted from t- to being altruistic and trying to help tell them that they were right. And, you know, taking one, being magnanimous to wanting to get ripped apart. I was like, I need to be punished. Someone needs to put like, like I need to be shamed. I need to be humiliated. I should be put in, you know, the stocks in the middle of the town square and thrown at, get run fruit and dung and all that stuff thrown at me. Like, this is what I deserve. And then I posted it and I was expecting that. And I was hoping for that. It's kind of just like some sort of uh, mental and emotional self-flagellation. But the exact opposite happened, which I was not expecting. And then the comments started to come in and they were also nice and, and like supportive. It was like, look, you know, and it wasn't just like, oh, look, you made a mistake. Don't worry about it. But everyone staffed up sometimes. No, no, no. Like that, like I would have just ignored that. Who cares? But this was like, listen, welcome to the world as it is. Seriously, we are happy to have you here. Better you be here with us than over there with Q. Stuff like that and really telling me to forgive myself. That was only human. And like, they kind of, I felt like I had sort of thrown myself at the, the mercy of the crowds, right? right? With no ifs, no buts, no excuses, no reasons. I didn't explain it. I just said, this, I committed this crime. Punish me. And instead of punishing me, they sort of, they, it's like they gave me my life back. They, they, I was broken and they sort of melded me back together again. And they gave me, they let me keep dignity, my dignity. And, and they told me to have more self-respect and told me to, you know, they, they gave me like my personhood back. How much did uh, either isolation uh, slash alienation or attendant depression play in, in any or all of this? For me, for me personally, it was a massive correlation. Like I wouldn't, it's not a causation, right? It was mm-hmm, a massive mm-hmm parallel factor like so i was extremely so just just to back up a bit i i have epilepsy i've had that since i was a kid so that's generally under control i also had just been i'd been diagnosed with adhd a year previously and i was still i wasn't on the right amount of meds like I, it was just it takes it takes i think on average like two years to find the right meds 
Um, I had yet to be diagnosed with bipolar 2 or medicated as a result for that. So I had underlying mental health conditions which were not diagnosed or addressed. Um, I also, as a result of those, I had, I had isolated myself. Like I just kind of couldn't keep up with the, the social rigmaroles of society. Um, I'm not like, it's not a brag, okay? But like, I used to have quite a lot of friends um, and we would like every Friday night, we'd like just go to a one bedroom, like studio apartment, not even a bedroom, just a studio in North Sydney and pack it with like 30, 40 people, you know? And that would just be like a normal Friday. I just cut it off because I couldn't handle it. I just, I, I'd reach my wit's end. So my friends kind of knew to leave me alone. And so I was extremely socially isolated. And then it was, and it's not a coincidence that as my, as I got medicated, you know, properly, and as my social isolation reduced and finally got, you know, was removed, I started to question Q a lot more. Um, I started to, I needed it less, you know, I didn't need to be, to, to have that feeling of being special. I didn't need to um, have like spend my time doing something because I'd really have nothing else to do, right? I was distracted and I was getting what I, my emotional and intellectual needs met from somewhere else because I was also going to university. And I think that's evident by the fact that it blew up after COVID. I'm Major Garrett. This is The Takeout back for segment three in just a second. From CBS News, this is The Takeout with Major Garrett. Welcome back. I'm Major Garrett. During the Senate impeachment trial, the second time for former President Donald Trump, you might have seen new video in addition to what we already had seen about the horrific events and the insurrection and the attack on the U.S. Capitol January 6th. Some of the people who committed that violence were members of QAnon. We're going to continue our conversation with former QAnon follower Jatarth Jadeja. When you watched, if you had a chance to, January 6th here in the States and you absorbed that and you thought about QAnon in relation to, to that and the storming of the United States Capitol, what did you think? I knew it was too straight off the bat. There was no, I was like, I was waiting for something like this to happen. Like this was, it was, it was shocking what happened. And even it was shocking because people died. People lost their lives, you know, of that scenario. I would have a very different perspective if someone hadn't died, right? Like, I, I would have a very, I, I would think it's funny that someone sat in the speaker's chair, right? But people got hurt and injured. And as much as we all hate Congress, they're also people and they shouldn't have to be, you know, feel unsafe at their place of work and think they're going to be killed. Like, that's not also not acceptable for anyone. Um, but yeah, I, I was shocked, but I was not surprised for one second. For one, and I knew exactly where this was. And because this whole election fraud thing, look, Republicans complain about election fraud all the time. Every four years, same way Democrats complain about voter suppression, the same way everyone complains about gerrymandering, right? It's just the same thing. But the, the, like the heat behind then the movement and the push and the passion behind the election fraud thing this time, this time, Dominion voting, that, that's from the Q communities. That's from HN. It's mentioned there. 
dozens of times over the years. The first mention was in 2017. This time, the admin of HN, Ron Watkins, who, which is the site that Q posts on, mentions Dominion voting in a tweet, right? He tags Chanel Rion from OAN, I think. She interviews him. He's like, oh, look, these aren't, there aren't, you know, uh, physical security hardware. So technically it could be hacked. And it's like, this is not an analysis, dude. All right. And then Donald Trump retweets that. And next minute, the entire right wing is all about Dominion voting. This was mainlined directly in to the Republican agenda. So QAnon straight in. Straight in. This, you can track this. This happened in real time. Like this, this happened. And then you can see the mentions of Dominion. Once Trump says something, boom, that's it. Right. And like it's it, this, it, all it was, was a quicker way of, a, it, it, this happens all the time. Like something comes up with the Q boards, right? It slowly seeps into from Q to Trump supporters, then Trump supporters to conservatives, then conservatives to conservative media, then conservative media, then, you know, Trump watches it on TV and then uh, there you go, right? The Republicans have been taken over. They have been infiltrated by these people and they have no idea. They 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 have no idea who these people are and what they want. And they have no idea that they're just, it's like, they're just puppets. They're just regurgitating the same thing. Look at, dude, look at Lynn Wood and um, Sidney Powell, right? It was so obvious to me, not just me, every, all these people who observed Q closely. And it was not just talking about XQ, people who knew it was crap from the beginning, right? All, like, it was, they were just, they were repeating the same points that we hear from Q followers in the same way, using the same kind of language, right? Let me say two words to you, and I want to get your evaluation of them. Cult, grift. Cult, like, that's, I, I thought that, I thought that was accepted. Like, I don't, like, why, like, why are we discussing with, like, yeah, of course, it's a doomsday cult, right? The, the, the storm, this, this takeover, this, this, this scenario, like, there's no central um, narrative or canon to Q, I should say. There's no central. There's only one central piece of canon, and that is the storm, that is the unsealing of sealed indictments, martial law, military tribunals for civilians suspected of being involved in the cabal, followed by their public execution, right? That's, that's their equivalent doomsday. That's their, that's their day where, you know, oh my God, you know, everything, you know, once that happens, it's like, you know, we'll, we'll, everyone will live happily ever after, right? Um, we'll have utopia, which, God, because um, all utopias start with military dictatorship. Um, but, so that's, that's the cult aspect. The grift, that I think is less, I think the, like Trump, Trump is a grifter in this regard, right? Like the Republicans obviously encouraged them because they wanted the votes, right? But as far as like people who know it's fake, like influences and whatnot, nah, I don't think so, man. I don't think they're grifters. Like they're very stupid if they're grifters. They could make a lot more money doing like, you know, not being as crazy. Um, but my point is that no one is more indoctrinated than the indoctrinator. And like you call them, these disciples. I, they're, they're, these people are true believers. These, that's what I mean. Like it's, it's really, 
it's worse than grifting because they're zealots. They're like religious zealots, you know, they're on a holy crusade, like the Knights Templar. That's why I just don't think it's particularly effective to call them grifters or white supremacists or racist. It's like, yeah, that's not wrong, but it's not completely correct either, right? And just just the simple fact that these words have become such a cliche, um, they don't have the same emotional impact as you would want. So, and there's so much worse than that. There's so much worse. Like, these people believe it. Don't think that they know it's deep down. No, no, they believe it. Right, because because you didn't for a period of time. Yeah. And and I will. I must tell you. I must tell you to listen to you. Uh, first, first of all, it's it's thoroughly enjoyable to have this conversation. You are incredibly well read, well spoken, and I and I can't believe it's it's almost impossible for me to conceive of a time in your life, having spent this time with you, that you ever believed that Hillary Clinton or people like her drank the blood of children and were part of a satanic pedophile cult. Yeah, it's it's. That, like I said, that wasn't even the craziest thing I believe. That was like a two out of ten on the Q conspiracy chart, right? Like that, like I said, aliens, interventional, reptilians, and they, even then, that was like a seven out of ten. Q, this stuff, Q, Q, stuff has come directly from Q, like Angela Merkel's Hitler's um, natural daughter, right? Not even like surrogate or like IV, like natural. Even the timeline doesn't even match up, right? People like do Donald Trump time traveler, right? Like legitimately, Donald Trump is Jesus. Like, but anyway, just to back to your point, because it's not a it's not a question of education, right? My dad believes it now. That man has three degrees. He's the smartest person I've ever met. Having an education, having a PhD doesn't make you a critical thinker. It means you can write a thesis, right? <laughs> having a you know being working at, on, on the hedge fund doesn't mean you like understand financial markets. It just means that you know how to make money. Right, you know, take advantage of people. Like, being smart has nothing to do with it. And I'm not saying I'm smart. I'm actually a massive. I'm such an idiot. I do the dumbest all the time, right? Um, but it's it's an emotional thing. It's filling an emotional need. It's the need to be special. The need to make a difference. And one thing I've noticed as well that I know I've talked to a few other people. They and they agree. Um, or they also noticed it, that there seems to be some kind of trauma that precedes this fall into this rabbit hole. There's like someone died, you know, someone lost their job, something happened, some traumatic experience, you know, almost like the, the lockdowns and the start of COVID and the fear that came around with, that was pretty traumatic just to the psyche of the, of the general society. I mean, like, that's crazy. Like, who would have thought? That? I mean, people have told us that, yeah. that the pandemic was an accelerant. Yeah, it was. It's a catalyst. So, you know, it's it's something that starts a chain reaction, but it's not consumed in the reaction. And it just, it, that was, because all the, all the ingredients were there, right? And this just, it just took off because there was a trauma. For me, the trauma was finding out that I had ADHD. I'm Major Garrett, and you are listening to and thoroughly enjoying The Takeout, back for segment four in a second. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. 
Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. From CBS News, this is The Takeout with Major Garrett. Welcome back. I'm Major Garrett, continuing our conversation, which we will round out in this segment with former QAnon follower Jatarth Jadeja. You will also hear the voices of two of my exceptional producers, Sarah Cook and Jake Rosen. I was wondering if you could elaborate just a little more about, you know, your dad being a believer. Um, I, I think I had read an interview where you'd called that your, your biggest regret before. So I'm, I'm wondering if you can elaborate on that. Yeah. So my dad was always kind of a bit of a conspiracy theorist, right? Like he, he just, he, that, that, that's just how he is. But um, I, I found Q and I told him about it and I kind of converted him. I recruited him into, into this cult. And that is my, that's, that is the worst thing that I've ever done even though it wasn't intentional because he believes it to this day. This, this, I like, I'm, I'm, he's still in. He's still, and it causes friction, right? Naturally within our house. Um, and it's, it's, there's a distance between me and my dad now, which I hate because this, we're not, this, we're very different people. We're very different. I'm like my mom, my sister's like my dad, right? So the only thing we really have in common is we like talking about politics and economics and news and stuff. So when we were in the cult together, it brought us very close in a way that had never happened before. And I was, for the first time in my life, I felt like my dad was giving me a lot of respect, right? Because just of my knowledge, because I knew more about it than him. Um, and he was impressed. And so I, I kept, like, I, I liked that. I kept trying to tell him more and more stuff. Um, but when I came out of it, I was like, man, he's still in it. And I was like, dude, what have I done? What have I done? I did this to my dad and he spent so much time watching crazy conspiracy videos on YouTube. You know, I see, I catch him and like, we can't talk about it. And it's also my fault we can't talk about it because I get so mad. I get, it's like, I get triggered. I get so angry when I hear him trying to tell my sister and my mom about it. I, I'm like, that's, that's, shut up dad, that's wrong, what are you, blah, blah, blah. And he'll get angry and we just, we get some mad fights every now and again. But at the same time, you know, we really do have, there is a, there's just an agreement. He's a lot better these days. Um, his behavior has sort of gone back to normal because your behavior changes when you're in this cult. You don't even realize it. You're more agitated, more stressed, more anxious, more angry. It's just like everything's, you're just so wired all the time you can't not talk about it bring it up in every conversation ever you you drive people away and dad's not like that anymore which is good but it's an ever-evolving situation it changes every day and even though trump's out of office i actually have not been able to get a word out of him about what he thinks now he still believes in it because i still watch him catch, catch him watching the videos but i don't know why like i just 
kind of like North Korea, South Korea, right? Like I'm South Korea, he's North Korea. QAnon and news are like the DMZ and my mom and my sister are like the US and the UN. <laughs> That's, I mean, wow. I, I totally get it now. That, that, that wraps it up in a complete package. Anything else, Sarah? Yeah. Can you tell us about QAnon casualties? I just moderate this board. Um, and it's a place for people who have been friends and family of people who have been basically lost their loved one or someone they know to this cult, you know, their father, their mother, their friend, the bus driver, whatever. And it's also a place where we try and support each other and figure out ways that we can bring them back. And it happens. It happens. People come back. Um, There's success stories every now and again, which always gives us hope. But this is the saddest place on the internet. It is the saddest and most angry place on the internet because people, there are these stories. I can't even, I have to moderate this and I need to take breaks because it's so depressing. Um, People are losing their, their marriages of 30 years get broken up. You know, there are stories, all the stories are the same. This person was a good person. I don't know what happened. It happened so quickly. You know, there are mothers all of a sudden telling their daughters that they hope their unborn child is, is, gets aborted or some like dies. And it's like, this is so messed up what it does. It's so messed up. Brings out the worst in people. But there was an understanding that there are some of them we can convert back, right? And that we should, because the only, the best antidote to a cult, like from any academic perspective and practical is former cult members, just talking to current cult members, right? That's, that's literally like one of the reasons why I came out. So there's an understanding that these, some people can be saved. But now we've kind of moved on from, it's like to state we've moved on from um, disbelief and confusion. to so now there's so much rage there's so much rage, like this anger. People are really angry at all Q followers. I'm just curious where you see when you, you know, you're talking about a year down the road and as Q kind of keeps pushing the goalposts and you guys continue to grow, what do you guys do about it? That's the only reason I came out to tell my story. So other people would feel okay and come out of the woodwork. And then I can go back to like, you know, bumming around and let someone else do it. But like, I'm not there yet, unfortunately. Um, and I think, where I, people just tell your story. First of all, just tell your story, right? That's, that's, that's what you need to do right now. Cause the second step, yeah, well, you know, I've got some ideas, but I think as I, I was thinking about this last night, I think as excuse, we really need to force Donald Trump to completely disavow this. And I mean, and for him to mean it, for him to accept that he stoked this before, that is the only way that we, if that happens, yeah, for sure. Dude, that will be the biggest, like, at least it's not a, it's not a silver bullet. It's not a silver bullet, but like I said, we have to try a whole bunch of things and, but there will be people who will never, ever, ever come back. My last question is what is the one thing that the American public and I'd say introspectively, the media fundamentally don't understand about QAnon and its followers? I think they kind of get a little too wrapped up in the whole elite cabal pedophile cabal aspect of it and like it's it's very correct and that is the entry point but it's like that's that's literally like scratching the skin on on to just the skin of uh, skin deep like and it's not even very effective because in a world of jeffrey epstein the idea of an elite cabal of pedophiles is not exactly like science fiction right um so but like i wish they'd focus more on the crazier aspects of it at least to show people that this is ludicrous, right? Um, secondly, 
the one thing people need to understand is, look, I know people are scared of these Q people. And you should be scared. You should be really scared. These guys are dangerous. They're more dangerous than white supremacists. They're more dangerous than Nazis. They're more dangerous than the normal fascist. These people are zealots. They are crusaders. They are, their battle is not between the state and author, between authoritarians, libertarians, between countries, between Marxists. No, this is a battle for their souls, their souls, their, their children's souls, the souls of all mankind. This, the stakes could not be bigger. They could literally not be bigger. Can you imagine what you would do if you thought that, that you know, that this was a reality? What would you do? What would anyone do? Think seriously, think about it. What would you do? And the answer is probably there's probably nothing you wouldn't do to save the souls of your children. So you should be scared. You should probably be a lot more scared than you are. But having said that, you need to master your fear. Because if we don't, if we not, if we do not master our fear and we do not take the exact right course of action, it will consume us and they will consume us. That's it for this week's episode of The Takeout. And if you are more interested already by this topic of disinformation and a deeper dive into QAnon, I invite you to listen to my other podcast, The Debrief. We devoted two full shows to that topic. You can find it on all podcast platforms. We'll see you next week. The Takeout is produced by Arden Fari, Jamie Benson, Sarah Cook, Ellie Watson, Zoe Poindexter, and Jake Rosen. CBSN production by Eric Susanen, Grace Seegers, and Daniel Peebles. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Takeout Podcast. That's at Takeout Podcast. And for more, go to TakeoutPodcast.com. The Takeout is a production of CBS Audio. If you like The Takeout, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. The Hargan women seem to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God, this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, early and ad-free on the 48 Hours Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.